Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're going to come from Joshua chapter 6, but you got to study Joshua chapter 5. If you're a member of the Redemption Church, just go to redemptionwashington.com right now and you can download the study guide in real time with the rest of the church. Join a small group. If you're not in a small group, you're not getting the whole verse-by-verse treatment of the books that we're studying. So join a small group or start a small group today. Reach out to Pastor Mike for more information on that. This is a pivotal chapter in this week's curriculum, chapter 5. Joshua has this face-to-face encounter with the commander of Israel's, uh, of God's angel army. The commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, remove the sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did that. Good move, Joshua. (laughs) Fascinating exchange. Whose side are you on? Uh, God's, uh, God's commander of his army responds with, a, uh, with um, something that is loaded with theological significance. But what we also see in this response of Joshua is sort of a redux of Moses' own ministry. We see it in the crossing of the Jordan. It's kind of like the crossing of the Red Sea. We see it in the report from the spies. It's a totally different version from uh, Moses' reports from the spies. Moses had the burning bush encounter, and now Joshua has this encounter. And in both scenarios, the man called by God to lead Israel is told he takes his takes his sandals off his feet because he's on holy ground. One other quick word of context, we could see ram's horns will come up throughout scripture. You'll see them in 2 Samuel 6:15, you'll see them in Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 19. My heart pounds, I cannot be silent for you, my soul, have heard the sound of the ram's horn, the shout of battle. The ram's horn carries with it military significance for the people of Israel. Here's Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho was a strongly was strongly fortified because the Israelites, no one leaving or entering. The outer wall of the two walls of Jericho was six feet thick. The other wall was 12 feet thick. You had wood beams on top of these that could support the weight of houses, houses like Rahab's. A typical way of taking a city was by siege, and this often would go on for months, and by way of starvation, you would be able to to conquer the city. But this is happening very fast, and it's going to happen miraculously. So no one's allowed to leave. They're like, we're under siege. We're going to try to make make it through the long haul. But their city wall is not going to last that long. The Lord said to Joshua, look, I have handed Jericho, its king, and its best soldiers over to you. I know that I'm stopping at every verse, but there's just something in each verse, and I've got to say it. Otherwise, I'm not doing justice to the text here. I have handed. Now, if you're watching this on video at allies.network, you can see what I've just highlighted. If you're just listening on audio, you can head to allies.network and you can find JCM there. I have handed Jericho, its king, its best soldiers, over to you. He's speaking in the past tense about something that hasn't happened yet. God is timeless. He is omniscient. He is sovereign over history. It is all his story, and he is the author of said story. So it's his prerogative as the omnipotent, timeless, divine, eternal God to use the past tense when describing things that you and I haven't yet experienced. God knows he has already handed the city over to Joshua. Joshua, however, was bound temporally to the ticking of the clock like you and me. 
He didn't have the divine foresight of God. So in faith, he's going to do what God says. And by the way, it's not going to make any sense to rational ears, <laughs> but it's going to bring the victory to the glory of God. Here's the, here, here's the, the battle plan. And man, it makes no sense logically, but it's authored by the Logos himself. March around the city with all the men of war, circling the city one time. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven ram's horns trumpets in front of the ark. The number seven occurring within creation, it, it speaks to completeness within the word of God. But on the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priests blow the ram's horns. When there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear it sound, have all the troops give a mighty shout. Then the city wall will collapse and the troops will advance each man straight ahead. Okay, so marching around the city each day seems to make no sense. But we can see that God is completely in control have seven priests carry seven ram's horns trumpets in front of the ark. This is the Ark of the Covenant. This is this beautiful chest that contains within it, you know, uh, divinely used artifacts. And it's, a, it's this manifestation of the presence of God on the earth. And it would become instrumental in temple worship, right? In the worship of the temple of God. And it's the direct presence of God on the earth. Some of the enemies of Israel would mistake that for their secret weapon. They would try to take the ark and not submit to God. It didn't work out well for them. So now you have seven priests with seven ram's horns trumpets, and they're in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, they march around the city seven times. You see, like God is clearly emphasizing this number seven. And because the number, the number seven thematically represents completeness, God is able to speak in past tense, honestly, because he's already completely handed the city over to them as far as God is concerned from his perspective. And that's the only perspective that matters. It's already done. It's completed. Hence, this thematic use of you know, the number seven in these instructions. What this did to the people of Jericho is also fascinating. I've read some commentators that speculate this is God giving them multiple days to repent, like Rahab. It could be. It could be. It also doesn't make any sense militarily. Think about what we studied in our study of Judges, right, with Gideon where God would deliberately have his people take on a strategy that made no sense. We, we could see how God is setting the stage whereby he alone would get all of the glory, all of the credit for this. Okay, that was the case in Gideon. I believe that's the case in, uh, in the story of Joshua and, and the conquest of, of Jericho. Now, this is fascinating because they're marching around this would coincide with the uh, this this would this would coincide with the the feast of unleavened bread, and uh, at the first Passover, right, the the people of Israel would march out of Egypt at the timing of this feast, and now around the same time they're marching into Jericho, straight ahead. So they go from marching around the city, as you can see here in these instructions, like in verse three, and then again in verse four, seven times. Now it ends with straight ahead. All right, the, the direction was to go around the city at first, but now it's to go straight ahead. If we 
were to receive such instructions from God that made no sense to do something seven times. And then we just arrive at the sixth one <laughs> and we lose hope. Man, I'll bet this was tiring. I'll bet this was testing of their faith each day. You know, like it, it comes to the moment of truth on the seventh day and the seventh time around the city with the seven ram's horns and the seven priests. Like, <laughs> okay, God, these, this, we're doing what you said and now it's time. And then we're supposed to go straight into the city. The reason that made no sense was that the way you took a city was by laying siege to it, starving the people out, and then you have to go vertically over all those walls. But this is telling them to go straight into the city, straight ahead, not over and above. Then the city wall will collapse and the troops will advance each man straight ahead. By the time they receive these instructions, God is speaking from the past tense, but by the time they receive these instructions, being told to advance straight ahead means going right into a wall that is yet to collapse. So this is a prophecy. The city wall will collapse. Thankfully, God condescends in the most beautiful use of condescension ever to speak to temporally bound beings like Joshua and his soldiers. It will collapse and the troops will advance <laughs> and each man will go straight ahead. This is circuitous at first and it seems obscure. But God is sovereign and everything makes sense in his timing. So these are the instructions as we continue through chapter six this week. Remember how little sense this would have made from earthly ears, but learn to trust the heavenly wisdom because our perspective is limited. We're looking at the wall, but God is looking down from heaven above. His perspective is the only one that matters. So do the thing that God calls you to do that makes no sense from here on earth, because from the heavenly perspective, it's quite beautiful and the victory is already written.